You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. No Russian dogs are heard barking in Germany yet. Iran's APT-33 turns from spying to sabotage. Equifax woes continue but don't appear to include cover-up of an earlier breach. UpGuard helps Viacom dodge a cyber bullet. You may be party to a contract you didn't know about. Criminal boneheads are again more common than criminal geniuses. And don't be a gazelle. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, September 20th, 2017. The news from Germany, where federal elections are just four days away, is still the case of the Russian cyber dog that didn't bark. German authorities have been bracing themselves for at least a year, expecting a landslide of Russian influence operations and perhaps hacking, as Moscow undertakes its expected campaign to tweak and delegitimize the Federal Republic's vote. But so far, nothing. Not a bark, not a whimper, not a howl, or a whine. Either nothing's in fact going on, or it just hasn't been discovered yet. Or Vladimir Vladimirich has a September surprise up his sleeve. We should know before the end of Oktoberfest. FireEye is describing an Iranian threat group, APT-33, which has been operating since 2013, and which FireEye has been tracking since May 2016. The news is not APT-33's existence, but rather its new approach. The group had hitherto been, for the most part, an espionage operation serving up spyware, but it now appears to be running a new destructive malware campaign similar to the sandworm effort that's been associated with Russia. Reports yesterday that Equifax had sustained an earlier breach that was only now being disclosed turn out to be only partially true. The Credit Bureau did indeed sustain a breach in March, well before the incident disclosed on September 14th, but the company did in fact disclose that breach in a relatively timely manner. The industry press picked it up, big media didn't. Who was breaching Equifax is still unknown. Some observers say it had to have been a nation-state, but that's based on the less-than-circumstantial evidence that the hack seemed pretty complicated. Lawsuits and regulatory scrutiny of Equifax continue. This morning, a class-action suit was filed in the Atlanta Federal Court on behalf of small businesses who claim injury from the breach. Equifax's two big competitors, Experian and TransUnion, aren't alleged to have done anything wrong, but New York's Attorney General is pressing them for answers on their own data security posture. The security firm UpGuard has discovered another unsecured AWS S3 bucket, this one belonging to Viacom and exposing the company's IT infrastructure. Among the items exposed were Viacom's cloud keys, 
UpGuard researchers found the exposure on August 30th, and they describe it as having had the potential to enable, quote, malicious actors to launch a host of damaging attacks using the IT infrastructure of one of the world's largest broadcast and media companies, end quote. Viacom acted promptly to secure its cloud infrastructure after UpGuard warned it, so the gaffe seems to have had little effect. The reputational damage of exploitation could have been very great, to say nothing of the direct damage to the company and those who would have been touched by the botnets and attack platforms that could have been spawned. The series of hurricanes from the Atlantic this season is responsible for tragic loss of life and unimaginable destruction in some of the area's worst hit. It's also left millions without power, highlighting people's reliance on the electrical grid. Even when the power goes off for just a few days, it can have a serious impact and put lives at risk. Eddie Habibi is founder and CEO of PAS Global, a company that focuses on the security of the industrial control systems that keep the power flowing. The challenges or the, the awareness of the ICS, industrial uh, control systems, being a vulnerability came to be about 10 to 15 years after the typical enterprise IT uh, security was found to be a challenge for companies. It wasn't until this disclosures around Stuxnet uh, that we realized as an industry that uh, the manufacturing sector, the process power, and other industrial sectors were affected as well. Uh, with that in the background, uh, there have been certain misunderstandings as to uh, how we should handle industrial control systems. In fact, there's this notion that uh, industrial control systems are not at the risk, if you will, of being a target of cybersecurity attacks. The threat is real. There is this notion that uh, the threat is overblown, uh, that there is a hype in the media that uh, the threat of cyber is overblown. That may be the case in the enterprise IT, but in our view, there's not enough conversation going on around the threats posed uh, towards uh, control systems. I think there is a tendency for the uh, the general media, certainly outside of the cybersecurity industry, to, uh, particularly when they see something like the threat of the electrical grid going down, um, to imagine a worst-case scenario. and But I've heard other people say, yes, we should be worried, but let's also not get carried away. Anytime there is exaggeration, you have the cry-wolf syndrome, the boy who cried wolf. It does not serve us. It does uh, counteract the real message. And the real message is, if you uh, follow the following set of uh, what-if scenarios, uh, you will very quickly realize that the threat is real and we have to take it seriously. You have control systems that are at the heart of the industrial sector, including power, refining oil and gas. These systems are vulnerable. Bad actors have proven that they can penetrate them and they can cause shutdown. Simultaneous attacks on a number of these systems could have a similar consequence to a natural disaster. You combine that with the knowledge that certain foreign nation states have shown that they are interested in cyber as, as a weapon uh, and they are testing those weapons. It is 
easy to see what the consequences could be. That a simultaneous shutdown of water utilities power and the oil and gas industry, and it doesn't take very much of that. You could literally cripple a city, a state, or a part of a country. Uh, in our estimation, based on conversations we have had, only a small fraction of industrial companies have implemented uh, what we refer to as foundational uh, cybersecurity uh, measures to deal uh, with the issue. Uh, they have performed what we would call perimeter defense measures, firewalls, uh, antivirus. Uh, however, there is much more to do that has not been done. That's Eddie Habibi from PAS Global. Yesterday's conference at the Johns Hopkins University covered ground of interest to business leaders, especially with respect to the implications cyber risk has for their legal and contracting activities. In his opening remarks, Anton Deborah, director of the Information Security Institute at the Johns Hopkins University's Whiting School of Engineering, reviewed his unlucky top 13 list, an inventory of recent security horror shows. He thinks these incidents, the Equifax breach being the one that's arrived with the most eclat, may have induced the public to pay attention and may finally be moving people away from what Deborah called the gazelle mentality, that is, the comforting thought that if you stay close to the herd, you'll be okay you won't. Other speakers discuss the opportunity costs sound security inevitably imposes on organizations. One new addition to the faculty at the Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies, Thomas Ridd, who just arrived from his previous appointment in London, offered an overview of the attribution challenge. Historically informed, Ridd's account argued that attribution is as much art as science. A panel of legal experts offered advice for businesses, One highlight, Whiteford-Taylor Preston's Howard Feldman reminded everyone of the importance of contracts and that you may be bound by contracts you hadn't realized were contracts at all. For example, he said, quote, your privacy policy on your website is a contract, end quote. And Bob Olson, CEO of event sponsor Compass Cybersecurity, closed with some effective analogies security professionals can use to communicate with the business leaders they support. Compare security to a house. The keys are like credentials, security consultants are like security guards, and so on. The analogies may be homey, but they may also be an overlooked way of approaching the kind of storytelling security experts continue to tell CISOs and consultants they need to do with business leaders. We'll have more detailed coverage of the discussions later this week. Watch the CyberWire Daily News Briefing for updates. Finally, we've all heard of criminal masterminds, but we think they're probably as fugitive and scarce as Sasquatch. The criminal bonehead is a much more representative variety. For your consideration, when Christopher Ricardo Gonzalez, age 18, and one of the ten most wanted by the state of Texas. Mr. Gonzalez, with whom the Dallas Police Department very much desired to speak, was located in the leafy, laid-back Los Angeles neighborhood of Woodland Hills the other day, The Dallas PD noticed that Mr. Gonzalez had proudly posted an Instagram video of himself displaying his arsenal of weapons. The Dallas police extracted Mr. Gonzalez's geolocation, also proudly on display, sent it to the LAPD and asked them for a solid. The LAPD obliged, and Mr. Gonzalez is now a temporary guest of Los Angeles's mayor while he awaits extradition to the Lone Star State. So kids, remember... If you must embark on an alleged life of alleged crime, never forget, 
those who live by the selfie get nabbed by the selfie. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, welcome back. Um, imagine this scenario. You're sitting home, minding your own business, or maybe even asleep at night, and uh, suddenly uh, FBI agents come pounding on your door and coming in, and they say that uh, they're ready to search your house for child pornography. So yeah, this happened actually uh, in the town of Davis, California, which is just a little bit west of Sacramento. This innocent uh, person heard a bang on his door. He and his roommate panicked. It was the FBI. They uh, were executing a search warrant uh, based on information they received uh, from an AT&T wireless router uh, that somebody within the confines uh, of that house was using child pornography. Of course... The problem was that neither of the two people who occupied the house were, were uh, using child pornography. It was the 22-year-old man in the apartment next door who used his, quote, uh, great computer savvy to hack the password-protected account. He was basically viewing child pornography through his neighbor's uh, wireless service. The person who was actually committing the crime of viewing child pornography has gone through this uh, long, arduous prosecution. Uh, he has been convicted. He is going uh, to prison. They're in the sentencing phase uh, right now, and it looks like law enforcement is is seeking a strict uh, 17-and-a-half-year sentence on counts of possession and uh, distribution of material involving the sexual exploitation of minors. And the person... That 22-year-old living next door has admitted uh, to downloading this pornography, has admitted to having a problem uh, viewing underage males online, but he uh, nevertheless says he's not any sort of sexual predator. He's never acted upon these impulses. Um, he's just somebody who is computer savvy and was able to uh, at least temporarily disguise his, his online whereabouts to uh, avoid detection. But 
uh, luckily, justice is, is being served for that individual. And for the neighbors, for the people whose uh, Wi-Fi he hopped on, this was not a matter of them having an unsecured Wi-Fi. They had done everything right. They sure have. And, you know, Dave, none of us uh, really change our Wi-Fi passwords. I don't think I've changed mine since I've moved to my house. This is just not something the average layperson focuses on. You know, and it can be a, an extremely traumatic experience for people to have the FBI come in at odd hours of the night, bang on a door, execute a search warrant. For, for the story in the Sacramento Bee, they interviewed uh, these two individuals who, who occupied the apartment uh, and they seem pretty traumatized. One of the people said that he didn't want to f- feel that shadow of guilt or to have memories come bubbling back up uh, when he least expects it, like staring out a train window on his commute home or when he's trying to fall asleep. I mean, it's almost like having sort of a post-traumatic experience. And it would be good if there were some accountability uh, avenues when the FBI does this to innocent people. Now, the FBI here made a good faith mistake, and they would be able to win any civil suit just based on that justification. There has to be some way for there to be accountability when innocent people are being subject to these often violent uh, FBI raids. That's the problem with a probable cause determination. In order to execute a search warrant like this, you don't have to be 90% sure that a crime has been committed. You just have to have probable cause. It has to be more probable than not that there's evidence of a crime. And from the FBI's perspective, they think if it's coming from the wireless server in this house, that's makes it more probable than not that the people in the house are the ones searching this pornography. And that's highly unfortunate, but I, I don't see that the legal standard is going to change. All right. Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K Cyberwire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. 
visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. Now. 